What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of In the Nick of Time. It's your girl, Nikki, on the Spotify for Podcasters app. In connection, we'll reprogram your thinking videos, which you can find when you follow me on Instagram, Hops. First of all, let's get it started. I don't have a PhD. I am not licensed to counsel. I am not a preacher, so... You probably say, Nikki, why should anyone listen to what you have to say? Well, I simply obey God's word. And on this podcast, I get to stroke my ego by edifying God only. So if you're listening, that means you and I can grow up together. And unlike the majority, you love honesty. And on my podcast, my theme is church is not the answer. You probably say, Nikki, don't you go to church? Uh, you, you're speaking about the Bible. You're speaking about the Word of God. So why would you say church is not the answer? Let me explain. First of all, I'm not telling you not to attend a worship service. Find you a church home. I'm not telling you that assembling with other believers is something that I don't believe in. When I say church is not the answer, I'm telling you we are the church. I'm telling you that once you leave that building, you come out and apply what it is you learned from God that particular worship service. You take from the worship service and you grow and you apply it to your life. You implement it and you will be living out God's purpose for your life. Church is not the answer because we can't go to church because we believe that that means that I'll get whatever I want. We don't go to church because we believe that it's going to help me be successful in life. You go to church to meet God. You go to church to hear his word, to learn of his character. And like I said, then apply to your life. Let me also start off by saying I don't do this podcast to convert anyone. I want you to hear what I'm saying, but I also know that this is about God. So if you don't listen to me, that's okay. But you need to listen to God's word. And that's where I come from. I don't come with opinions. I just come with the truth of God's word. So... In today's episode, I want to talk about church hurt. Church hurt. So guys, let's get into it. What's up, guys? Okay. Now... Today's episode, I want to talk about church hurt. And is it real? Um, And I'm studying the book of Job. I'm coming from Job. And I want to show you how I got to this being my topic. I'm in chapter 6 of Job. I don't know if I'm going to finish the whole book of Job. 
I don't know if I'm going to do that on, on this podcast because I have a lot of other things I want to talk about. But in chapter 6, verse 14, Job said to his friend, after his friend had uh, been telling him that he had to have done something wrong, he needed to uh, go, go to God and beg for his forgiveness, take his uh, correction and get himself back on track. And Job responded in chapter 6 with a few strong words to just, in chapter, in verse 14, he said, To him who is afflicted, kindness should be shown by his friend even though he have, he forsakes the fear of the Almighty. My brothers have dealt deceitfully like a brook, like the streams of the brooks that pass away, which are dark because of the ice and into which the snow vanishes. So <clears throat> he was just basically saying to his friend, like, at this point, I need... Uh, your kindness I don't need you basically prejudging me or, or deciding that you know why I'm going through what I'm going through because you 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 don't obviously and so <laughs> from that I was like church hurt like is it real and when I say, is it real, I'm not negating or downplaying that people can disappoint you in the church, especially. I'm not saying that there's not a pastor that oversteps his bounds because he feels like he's in a position he can do certain things even though he knows it's wrong. What I mean when I say church you heard it, is it real? My first, I want to get into my first topic, which is, are you hurt by the church or your expectations for the church? And let me explain before anybody gets upset. Let me explain when I say your expectations. Because Christ is the head of the body, which is the church. See, that's the thing we think more of that building and the people inside of that building we give them so much more power and uh, control over us than we give God we don't even want to give God the the reverence that he deserves we give the preacher and the, the elders and the deacons we give those titles more respect than we give God and 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 his just his name alone we give oh that's the preacher oh my preacher said oh the elders and the deacons you know he's the deacon that's deacon so and so and he's this he's a great man and even members of the congregation we give them so much power over us because every little thing that they, that they do, we, we, we home in on it and we're so focused on it. And we 
and it could tear us down or build us up, depending on what's going on. Christ is the head of the church, of the body, which is the church. So Christ should be the head of our lives. You hear a lot of people say, I'm giving honor to God who's the head of my life. He should be the head of your life. And what that means is, yes, people are going to frustrate you. Especially people in the church. People are going to do things that are not in line with God's word, even though they are in the church, so to speak. In the building made with man's hands, there are imperfect humans, including you who feel like the church has hurt me so bad that I don't even want to go anymore. So that's what we have to realize. We go to get help. We go to that building to hear God's vessel be used to tell us what he wants, what God wants us to know. Because that man that stands up there and preaches God's word, he more than likely should have prayed, studied, communed with God, and let the Holy Spirit guide him. Jesus said a healthy person does not need a doctor. So don't put on people a yoke you cannot even carry. So what I'm saying is those people in there, they have issues just like you. They may dress up and look good and look like they have no problems, but they have the same struggles as you. Yeah, at times, like Job, you expect compassion. But I sometimes I don't give compassion. And I'm going to speak for myself because a lot of people, we all feel like we're doing the right thing. And we blame others a lot of times for our pain. You expect no judgment, yet you judge. You hear a lot of people, if the, if the pastor steps on uh, 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 speaks on a topic that touches you a little bit like he may say you're not you're not attending worship service the way you should that offends you but why if he didn't say your name directly it came down your street because God is telling you you need to get more uh, get better with attending worship service that's not the preacher picking on you that's and judging you that's God letting you know oh if that hit you if that offended you then it may be some truth in it and it and it hurt because it is some truth in it he didn't say like if, if, if like I haven't I, I didn't attend worship service last week if I go to church or like I was listening to somebody on a preach on YouTube and he said, you think you went to church because you sitting up watching me on, on YouTube. And you can watch this, this worship service at any time. And that didn't offend me. That was like, you know what? He's right. I didn't have to go down a laundry list of what I think he's done wrong. I just said, you know, hey, you know, hey if it affected me or offended me, 
then that means I need to do something about it. It it has nothing to do with him. You expect to feel change, but you don't exactly change yourself. You don't even exact the change that you want. Let me explain. You go to church expecting the preacher to say something profound that would change your life. But you go in with your heart closed to the truth. Truth is, you can't handle real spiritual food. Yet, because we are still babes. Nikki, how are you going to say that? Well, you are hurt by people that deem to be more important than God. You deem them to be more important than God. You deem them to be more important than God. Like I said earlier. Like I spoke of earlier. That's the preacher. Okay. He's still a man. He still has imperfect ways. You don't look at him as, that's the preacher. There's no way he can do something wrong. Yes, he can. Because he's human. He makes mistakes. And sometimes he lets you know he makes mistakes. We don't want to look. You No, you don't have to go dig deep into what mistakes he done made. But he's letting you know, look, I'm not perfect. I am an imperfect being that is allowing God to use me as a vessel to speak to you. Now, what you take from it and what you do with it is up to you. Because Jesus was a perfect man and no one listened to him. But we give these men so much power like the preacher, yes, they are held to a high, higher standard by God. We can't look at them as their their perfection and they can't make any mistakes. You're fooling yourself. And that's part of your hurt. Which leads me to my tech second topic. Why does your hurt determine how you feel about God? Let's look at Job. Job confronted his friend, not God, for not showing kindness in his time of affliction. Remember, his friend was telling him to admit he had done something wrong and God would fix it for him. Remember also that God said Job was an upright man who shunned evil, so that means God was co-signing that Job had done nothing wrong. So with the assumption of his friend, Job confronted him. You are to show me kindness. You don't know why I'm going through this trial. No one knows why storms come into their lives because we can be going along and we can be doing our best every single day. And we can be trying our best not to... uh, live contrary to God's way we try we do everything in our power to live right and yet and still storms still come so because sometimes we are not confident in God's love for us we allow people's ignorance to make us doubt God like when you go into the church and you see somebody and you don't expect 
accept the fact that they are human beings and they are imperfect beings just as you are, their ignorance can cause you to doubt God. Somebody walks up to you and they feel like they're giving you some some spiritual correction. If you don't take it as that and you are offended, still look at, listen to what they have to say. But go and look and say, look for what God says. Seek God. Seek what he says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. What will be added unto you? Wisdom, understanding, the love and empathy that you want from somebody, you will be able to give it to them. Some people don't know any better. Some people think they know and they don't know. A lot of people have good intentions, but they don't know how to do correction in a loving way. We tend to sometimes believe that God has given up on us. Breaking news, God never gives up. Which brings me to my third topic. Should your hurt make you give up on God? God knows everything about you, and yet he still loves you. And we, Because we get up every day and we make mistakes. We do silly things. We, we, we're frivolous with money. We... We do a whole lot of stuff that is not pleasing to God, and we still do it. And yet, he still loves us. Let's think about Adam and Eve. And he threw them out of the garden. But even still, it was not as he gave up. Because what did he do? Later on down the road, it may have took a while, but he brought, he sent his son to save us from our sins. So he never gives up on us. Because he said, yet while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. Jesus died for those same people that put him on, a, that, that, that said crucify him. That's who he died for, those people And guess what he said while he was on the cross? Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And he had some anguish. He had some doubts. He had, he, because he asked, my Lord, my Lord, why have you forsaken me? He asked that while he was on the cross. He didn't ask that because he didn't want to do it. But he did it because he loved us. Even though we didn't listen to him, they didn't listen to him, we don't listen to him today. We're waiting for the preacher to say something profound, and then when he says something that's truthful, that hurts you, you you just give up. You think, oh, that, that preacher is this, and... You know, then you start your tirade on, oh, I bet he done did this, and I bet he this, and he ain't nothing but a pimp. What does that have to do with you connecting with God, learning of God and his character, 
and applying his word to your life. What does the preacher or any member of the congregation have to do with that? So, is church hurt real? Is it our expectations? Are we giving up on God or God or is God giving up on us? Those are some things we need to think about and put it in perspective so that we can understand is it church hurt? Or is it just us not dealing with our brokenness? The things that we know are shot are hanging over us like a rain cloud ready to release all the storms of life on us and it and it, and it looms because we're constantly trying to find somebody to blame and we're not looking at the three fingers that's pointing back at guess who So we got to think about that. You know, a lot of cliches and old saying, old wise tales, they really mean something. They came from people that had some, some wisdom. When you point your finger, there are three fingers pointing back at you. And those three fingers are telling you that, hey, you only point one at somebody else, but more are pointing back at you because guess what? Most of the blame lies at your doorstep. And you got to think about that. So when you're thinking about, I don't want to go to church because I'm hurt. Think about why are you hurt? Are you hurt because of the church? Or are you hurt because of your expectations for the church? Are you hurt because... You allow what they do inside that building determine what your relationship is going to be like with God. And so you drop the ball on the most important thing, your connection and relationship with God. Wake up, world. This is the segment in my podcast where I simply say, wake up, world. And in this segment this week, I want to pose the question, do you even know what you want. Nikki, where did you come up with that? Why are you asking that? Why are you asking such a dumb question? Everybody should know what they want. Well, I ask it because I see on these different platforms on YouTube, people have these different platforms. And uh, a lot of them 
they deal with a lot of the different topics that, I mean, a lot of different situations and events that have taken place in in the world. Uh, like the Jacksonville shooting here recently. And on my podcast, I don't like to, I don't like to give uh, my opinion. I like to come from God's word. I like to, I like for you to know that whatever problems, whatever issues we're dealing with, God can help us with it. Because it's, 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 it's scripture to help us with any problems that we have. And when I say, do you know what you want? I'm saying, yes, racism is real. Racism was never abolished. It was never dealt with. But I was also thinking this week, there's no legislation that could be put in place that you could sign into law that will change the hearts of ignorant white people. There's always a loophole. You got Jim Crow. There's always a loophole. You have um, some black women that have been put in certain positions in companies and they still feel frustrated because you know why they know that they're a token piece in this company. And yes, it's frustrating when you're being used, also being used for the color of your skin. While you also are being mistreated for the color of your skin. So you you got the high profile position, but then you come to realize, yeah, here's here's the loophole. They can discriminate, but they can utilize you for the color of your skin because they got to have at least one black woman in a position, in that position. And you realize it because your voice is not being heard. Your ideas are not being implemented. And then you get upset about it. But you wanted this position. You wanted this title. And it's nothing wrong with Wanting to be put in a certain position. And I heard uh, somebody say on their podcast, Anthony O'Neill. Shout out to Anthony O'Neill. He he said he's not mad at white privilege. He's just mad when white people use their privilege in the wrong way. And you know, I can understand that. And we, and black people also seem to think when we're not crucifying every white person that we are the Uncle Toms of the world, the coons as they call us. But we have post-belief because Jesus has made us equal. Because we all are a part of one race that he created. That's the human race. Now, after that, You just have man-made things put in place to make us feel as if, hey, you're not this, you're not that. You're not that important because you're black. You're not that important because you're Asian. 
And then now you have adding adding to the minority is those that say they're fighting for equality for lesbians, trans, queers, whatever. And I have no problem with that. But that agenda is being pushed in such a way, and 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 we're looking at that like, hey, black people went through 400 years of slavery, and we're still being uh, left out of a lot of things. And 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 then I want to get to why I say we don't know what we want, because then you also have this thing when Barack Obama was was elected president. We had the, the most, it was beautiful. People were crying. You saw Jesse Jackson crying, Oprah crying, everybody. Oh, like, he, like it was the second coming of Jesus Christ. Oh, we got this black man. He's in office. Oh, black people finally going to get their just due. Then... His four-year, his eight-year term, all that came out of it was Obamacare, which Trump did everything in his power to do away with, to reform it, to just, oh, my God. And then you have these, you have some, some black people who have some type of, you know, just a small amount of clout in the world, in this space of these platforms that we now are able to recreate, like a podcast, like a YouTube channel, or you get on Instagram and you 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 have some of those people. You got some some real important black people that said Obama did nothing for black people. And then there was Trump. And what did he do? Then we say, oh, he he created all this racial tension. Well, let me show you something in the Bible that I think we miss by a mile every time we talk about racism. And we think that, oh, if we find... This, this perfect man to be in, in, in elected into office that we will find the person that's going to save our lives. Well, I stopped by to tell you and give you a little bit of bad news. No president is going to help black people. No president. I don't care who it is. 
Cause now we got we we elected Joe Biden and everybody like, oh look at he didn't see that. He ain't doing nothing. He's awful. Kamala Harris, she's awful. She got the lowest presidential rating there is. But she was the first black woman to become vice president. And we voted these people into office. Cause we always vote or die. It's important to vote for the right person. But let me tell you what we must do. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. So while we're looking for the perfect person to be in office is going to make our lives so much better. We're here for a rude awakening. And let me give you a little bit more truth. Let me, let me hit you with some more truth. And, 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 and this is just to show us we don't know what we want. Because it, it, this, hopefully this will put you in the mind of you know what's wrong with the world. And what's going on with the politicians and everything else. And let's see if this sounds familiar. Let's see if this sounds familiar. Okay. Okay. Israel demands a king. So, so let's look at this. Starting at in, in 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 4. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Look, you are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the other nations. Okay, monkey see, monkey do syndrome. You're looking at everybody else. Not realizing you already have a king. Talking to you black people, we already have a king. We're looking for some politician to get in office and do something. And we already have a king. We already have somebody that's that's willing to guide us. And take us down a path of of nothing but abundance of life. And we we push him to the side. We throw him to the side. And we say, hey, he's only good for this. We need somebody physically in this office to do this. Okay? Monkey see, monkey do. Give us a king like all other nations to judge us. 
But this displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people and all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me that I should not reign over them. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day, we're not even pleased with how far we have come as black people. We still, it's still not enough. It's still not good enough. When God is trying to bless us, that blessing to us is not good enough. No, I want more. No, I want this. No, you got to give. I, I, I have a 2021 Hyundai lunch. And I hope and pray to God that I can pay it off and that it holds up and keep running well. And I'm going to do my best to keep keep it up. Keep getting oil changed, whatever it needs. But if I look at my next door neighbor and they pull up in a Mercedes Benz, why do I then decide that the, the car that God has blessed me with that gets me from point A to point B the same way the Mercedes Benz does, why do I start to feel like this is not good enough? I, I should have a, a car that's better than my neighbors. Why, if you got your house, you got your house with, you got everything you need, all the amenities, the food, everything. You go to someone else's house. And then your house is not good enough. No, this ain't what I got ain't good enough. Oh no. I gotta have this done. You see they had you see they had a glass table in the in the, in the dining room? Oh, I gotta give me a glass table. You see they couch, it was it was it was draped in gold a little bit. It was gold and it was uh black around it. Trimmed out in a little bit of, you know, oh, man. I got to see if I can find something similar or better. You see, you see they had a 65-inch. We only got a 40-inch. I got to get that 65-inch. And then I was just sitting on the stand. Look, they had there sitting on the wall. But then you had those moments, God, all I need is just give me enough space to do this. He give you that, that ain't enough. It's not enough. God, all I need is just some cold cuts. Get the cold Now I want to stay. Oh, it's so many things. 
And we just sound so ungrateful. God, give me a job that pays such and such. Oh, they they, they don't pay me enough to, to do all that I do. And you probably don't do nothing but sit down and complain. Now let's get back to Israel. Which which they have forsaken me and served other gods. So they are doing to you also. Now therefore heed their voice. However you shall solemnly forewarn them. And show them the behavior of the king who will reign over them. Now. I want to read a few things that he said the king that they want is going to do to them. Okay. This king will be the behavior of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for his own chariots and to be his horsemen. And some will run before his chariots. So think about it. Think about how the U.S. takes our men, some of our women, and and, and they join the armed forces and, and they make them feel like they're these honorable people and they've done so much great, so many great things for this country. And then at the same time, these people come back bruised, hurt, lost a limb, lost an eye. And can't even get a job. And don't even have enough money to take care of themselves. Can't get veteran help. Uh, can't even really get housing. Some of them come back with mental issues. Nobody's ready to talk to them and help them and see them through it. Okay? He will appoint, he will appoint captains over his thousands and captains over his fifty. 50s will set some to plow his ground and reap his harvest and some to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots look at how we we go on the job and we get so angry because we don't have our own uh, we don't have our own uh, purpose in life and we're seeing someone else's purpose through so we get mad and that's what we're really angry about because we don't know our purpose we gotta find purpose in life let's wake up world let's find our purpose if your purpose is to truly be an activist let's do it with some godly love ask God to help us. Let's ask God to see us through and make sure that we're doing it his way. That we're doing what he wants us to be doing. Yes, silent, peaceful protest is, is great. We need activists out here. We need people speaking up on our behalf. But we also have to know that our purpose is really for us 
to fear the Lord and love each other. That's where it starts. Sin is covered by love. Love covers a multitude of sin. It's not. It's not that it it is going to cause God to overlook your sins, but your love will cause you not to want to sin. Your love for God and for people. And what I mean by that is, if you love, if you love at a deep, high level, you wouldn't want to just be a baby daddy or a baby mama. If you love at the highest level, you will not look at your children with disdain because you could because it didn't work out with the father or the mother. If you love at the highest level, you will make sure that you give your children more than material things. You wouldn't just put a tablet or put them in front of a video game and think that they're gonna be okay. And keep them in the latest Jordans or whatever. Or all the old Jordans that we wore when I was in high school. They're new to to, to, to this generation. But we had those same Jordans back when I was in 7th, 8th grade. If you love at the highest level. You would know that white people are no smart, are not smarter or better than you, because they're so ignorant they don't know that we can't think. We should never think ourselves better than others. So they're not smart, they're not wise, and they're not better. Know what you want. Wake up, world. No, do you know what you want? What if white privilege was erased and black people got everything that they wanted and feel that they deserve? Would you be happy? Will we shut up? Will we stop killing each other? Because look at all the horrible stories that you hear about going on in rich Hollywood and we want to say people are, black people are killing each other because of poverty. But look at the hor- horrific stories that go on in Hollywood every time one of the celebrities die. We don't assume that they, 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 it was just their time. And that's, that's the real reason, but then you hear all these speculators. They drugged. They drugged Michael Jackson. They killed Michael Jackson. And, uh, they drugged Prince because, and, and and they set Nipsey up. And I mean, come on. Look at the look at the situation with Jamie Foxx. If, if if all the speculation was true, then you say Kevin Hart was cloned. Kevin Hart is cloned. Jamie Foxx looked like he's cloned. If all of these horrific, crazy things are going on in this rich 
place we call Hollywood. Why is that happening? They're killing off celebrities and cloning them and bringing them back as, you know, as, you know, they're cloning them, you know. But the real Jamie Foxx is dead. I mean, come on. Do we know what we want? Even though the man got on on Instagram Live and told you, look, I'm fine. A lot of it was kept secret because I wanted I wanted it to be secret and private. A lot of stuff y'all didn't need to be privy to. And everybody's trying to break down and show you how it look, how this is true and it's a conspiracy going on and if it is, God bless them. But we need to get back to God. And I'm going to end with this scripture because I want everyone to understand that at the end of the day we Only count on Jesus Christ. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. So, guys, let's get back to love. Let's get let's recover the life that the devil is trying to take from us each and every day. And most of all, God may not be there when you want him, but he'll be there in the nick of time. Peace, guys, and I love you.